It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Crunching the numbers. Thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre. A mini Melbourne park in Melbourne's north, which has tennis for everyone. Perfect for coaches and players if you're coming from interstate to train and compete. Close to Melbourne Airport with accommodation available. Find out more at humetennis.com.au. Hello and welcome to another episode of Crunching the Numbers. Uh, this is Stephen Hustle. I'm with my co-host Chris Tons, who has just returned from Paris. Chris, uh, before we get on to our topic of the day, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your charge, Claire Lou. Her first round, she had a good victory and then uh, she got to have another crack at probably the world's best player at the moment, Iga Swiatek. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that was uh, another chance. It seems like Claire keeps playing her in the second round. She was actually in Miami. She was going to play her second round too, but um, Iga pulled out. She got hurt there. So um, it was good. The only thing that was kind of a bummer is is um, Claire got really sick in her first round. So she pulled out of doubles. The, the next day, wasn't able to practice and just kind of showed up and tried to wing it. But that's not ideal going up against Iga to try to be sick because she's just so good. Um, but yeah, it was every time I told Claire, you play the best player in the world. It's a chance to see, you know, what you need to work on to keep getting better. So, you know, if you just make a few mistakes against her, you're going to pay for it. So I think it was another great opportunity, but I know she's disappointed, but you know, that's how it goes. Well, yeah, she did, uh, at least on the scoreboard, she did a little better than last time. Um, but I think you and I, <laughs> you and I talked about it and we were saying that, um, you know, working with players at any level, that uh, the belief that you need to instill in them or that they need to find within themselves, you know, is, is a constant seed that's growing. And so hopefully yeah. with another um, opportunity to play eager, her belief just grows a little bit more that she can, that she can compete with the world's best player at the moment and, and therefore all the other players are attainable and gettable. So, yeah, great stuff. Uh, and that's a good point. Yeah, and that, those experiences of playing the best players on, you know, centre court at a Grand Slam, those are the ones that she's going to remember at the end of her career. So, uh, yeah. fantastic yeah. for Claire and you. Oh, thanks, Stephen. Appreciate it. All right, well, let's get to our topic today. This is um, when I think of uh, this topic, uh, I think of my idol growing up, um, Stefan Edberg. To me, he was very good at this um, because he had a very strong uh, second serve. So why don't you introduce the, the, the topic and talk a little bit about um, the numbers we're going to come up with today. Yeah. So t today, uh, you know, after um, after Claire played Iga, one of my buddies, um, I, I sent him like a full match report um, from one of these companies. And um, he said, oh, this report's overwhelming. I, I just look at second serve points one. And so it's just another reminder there's so many myths out there about second serves. Um, you kind of want to know what's true and what isn't. And, and it is an, an, an important shot. And luckily, 
Well, luckily for you, you've had two very good players that have had excellent second serves. So it's uh, probably not as important to you, but but definitely for someone like Claire, for some of these other players, the second service is, is can be an important shot. But so that's why I think this would be a good topic. Yeah, maybe that was karma because my own second serve was so bad. So I was lucky to, I was lucky to work with a couple of, uh, of yeah. female pros who had very good ones. So uh, that's that's uh, that's someone paying me back. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you had a couple of. Uh, why don't you introduce the uh, you know the myth that you mentioned there in the introduction? Um, you know, I think the first time I ever heard the phrase. You're only as good as your second serve. I'm sure that came from from commentary with Fred Stolly and Tony Trabert. Um, I'm sure one of those guys said that, and that was the first time I've heard it. But since then, I've heard it lots and lots of times. So, what's uh, what's your take on you're only as good as your second serve, Chris? Like I said, there's a lot of myths out there. I and I've heard this before too. It's kind of like you're um, you're only as good as is uh, where the best offense is a good defense. You know, you hear that in other sports. Yeah. So I did kind of take a look at it. And if we break it down by first serve points one and second serve points one, I mean, if you're really good to win second serve points, and if you get to 50% second serve points one, that's excellent. And first serve, and like, let's say a men's game, you could be in 70%. You could even be in 80% if you're one of the best. And women, you can be in, in 70%. You know, it kind of shows that maybe first serves are probably the thing you want to win. I used um, in this example the 20, 2020 Australian Open, not to put the US Open, but 2020 Australian Open, the men 61%. Oh, no, I, I did a what were your chances of winning if you won just first serve points? Yep. And you lost, and you lost the second serve points. And in the men's game, your chance of winning is 61%. If you only won first serve and you lost second serve, if you won both, your chances of winning was 98%. In the women for the 2020 Australian Open, if you won the first serve, chance of winning was 65%. And if you only won second serve points, your chance of winning was 35%. And if you won both, I think in the women's game, it was like 99% if you won both of those stats. I just wanted to repeat sort of, if you only win the second serve points in the men's game, you have a 39% chance of winning the match. And if you only win second serve points in women's, you only have a 35% chance of winning the match. So that is a bit of a myth that you're only as good as your second serve because if you win second serve points only, uh, you know, in its sort of in, in isolation, um, you're not going to win the match, um, you know, not even half the time. Whereas if you win your first serve points, you know, the numbers for men were 61 and the numbers for women were 65. So that certainly adds credibility and the numbers tell us um, that actually first serve is more important than second serve. Is that correct? Yeah, and, and it makes sense too. If, if you think about it, well, you're probably going to serve more first serves than you do second serves in a match. So going back to the 2020 uh, Australian Open, and, and there's here's another myth. You see, you see juniors and they're, let's say on that day, you know, they're practicing first and second serves. They're actually practicing about 50-50, first 50% first serves, 50% second serves. So sometimes you get parents or, you know, some other um, some other um, teaching pros are like, how many second serves do you work on? And, and so if we go back to the 2020 Australian Open for the men, for best of three three out of five sets, the first serve attempt they, they did during a match was 
the average was 113, and the second serve attempts was 37 for the entire tournament. That was the average. Wow. So about yeah. a third. Yeah. So you're hitting way more first serves and second serves. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So 74% first serve attempts and 26 second for the men. And then the women for best two out of three, the average was 71 attempts for serve and 22 attempts um, second serve. So again, it's about a, a, a third of the points are, or 30 of the attempts are second serves. And then also if you look at like, okay, let's now let's break it down by the points won, like I mentioned in the men for the Australian Open, it was men won 72% first serves and they won 51% second serves, which that's pretty incredible because you don't really see that consistently on the on the women's side where they're doing that well, where they're winning more, still more than half on average of their seconds. And then for the women for, for 2020 uh, Australian Open, they won 64% of first serves and the average for second where they, they won 46%. So it kind of goes to like, yeah, the first serve is actually more important. Now I will say one thing, and I, I remember and you you had a player who really flirted with, and I'd seen matches where she was serving 46 to 48% first serves. That's getting dangerous because now she's serving just as many second serves in the match, but she had a really good second serve. So, you know, and you could probably speak to this too, is you want to find that right balance where you're still aggressive on the first serve, but your first serve percentage isn't so low that you're serving, you know, half of more seconds. Do you agree with that? I know you've talked about this before. Yeah, we have talked about this before, and it's just the fact that, um, you know, depending on who you are and what your makeup is as a server, as a player, um, you know, serving at 85% first serves but may not be beneficial if you're only winning 52% of them um, or, or, you know, usually the higher the percentage you serve, the slower the serve is and the lower the winning percentage. And so we've talked about, you know, the sweet spot being around 61%, somewhere in that, and that will vary, obviously, if you're, uh, you know, Riley Opelka and you're seven foot tall, um, you know, those guys are going to serve a higher percentage consistently. And you see that with Isner, Opelka, Karlovich, uh, those guys. Um, so they're going to serve at a higher percentage uh, because they're so tall. Uh, but sort of for your average pro serving somewhere around 61% is about the sweet spot um, because you want to have that correlate with the number of points you win and you want that to be relatively high on a first serve. And obviously, if you're serving a low percentage at, you know, 48%, which was a play that you brought up, um, that's too low because now you're hitting more second serves and first serves. And so, um, you know, you're probably behind in overall points. So hopefully the listeners can follow that um, a little bit, but it's a higher first serve percentage isn't always better. And obviously, if it gets too low and you're just going for big serves all the time and you're hardly ever making them, then you're exposing your second serve too much. So... For the individual that you're, you are or that you're coaching or that you're working with, um, you need to find about where that sweet spot is. But the research and the numbers say that it's somewhere around 61%. Um, yeah, like I said, so yeah, interesting stuff. And actually, if I can throw a few numbers of myself, I had a look at yeah. the matches and the matches that they played at Roland Garros today. Uh, so, you know, that's the round of 16 in the men and the women. And the women 
the players that won, uh, the I guess the higher ranked players, they were they were serving around 130, 140 kilometers per hour on second serves. And then if you take uh, you know Kasakina, who's probably the weakest server out of the bunch that played today, she only serves at 91 kilometers an hour, which is you know very very slow. Uh, and then, you know, someone like Sloane Stevens, who I know you're very familiar with, she actually served at 80% first serves, which is a good yeah. case in point as to what we talked about, but she only won 58% of those points, whereas her opponent, Sabalenka, served at 62% and she won 77% of those points. And their second serve points, one, were very similar. Sloane Stevens was 44, Sabalenka was 46 so the difference really in that match is, from a serving perspective, is that Sabalenka's winning 77% of her first serves and, and Sloan's winning 58%. There's a pretty big difference there. First serve was, yeah, that was a big advantage. Um, and in all fairness, that's something I know I've seen Sloan really develop in, in the last two years, I would say, is to try to go a little bit more for that first serve because She's excellent, or usually she's excellent defending her second serve. A couple other things we can go over real quick is, you know, what what are these? What's the average speed these pros are, are hitting for their second serves? Let's see the the men average. We'll just talk about second serves is 153 kilometers an hour, and the women's second serve is 132. What's interesting is the women's first serve average is 158 kilometers an hour this is going back to 2020 again and i will say in the last couple of years the women's service is getting bigger and so that's something i saw a stat today from some company i put out it how the women's average is increasing every year uh which is pretty cool to see but if you look at the the, the women's average first serve was 158 and the men's average second serve was 153 the men's second serve is only five kilometers slower than the women's average first serve. That's pretty impressive. But then again, they have that leverage. They have a little more height in general. For instance, Al Alcaraz today, uh, his second serve average was 157. So basically the same as the women's first serve average. Um, yeah, and here's a good one. You'll like this. Claire, in, in her match, she hit, well, 154 and a 153 second serve because I was watching any good second, and gosh darn it, Iga took one, one 154, she took it inside out and put it right on the line to Claire's forehand, and, and then Claire had to defend, and she looked up to, at me after, and, and then the player's box is kind of way up in the corner, and she gave me a, a hands up, like, and I said, that's just too good. Catherine Rinaldi, who was behind me, I said, that was that was a 154. That shouldn't have happened. But she's she's very good with her hands when, when you play fast at her. She, she's got great timing. So, yeah, I mean, Claire was really trying to go after her second serve so Iga couldn't really pop them, and she still did a great job. So I don't know what to suggest on that one. So I guess we need more kick or something. I think but sometimes you got to accept that the other player can hit a yeah. better shot than you, right? I mean, that's that, that happens yeah. in tennis, yeah. And that's Kazakina, like you said, she doesn't serve that big. She, she's one that I always study on how to defend because at the better levels, you're going to need to defend. Uh, that's just how it goes. And it's something you know that we're working on and, and something that's very, very important for Claire is you're not going to beat them with power. So you're going to have to survive that and produce a shot to keep you in it. 
And so good reminder. Now let's just take a look, maybe if we can, just who are the top uh, men and women second serve um, winners. Uh, so this is for the men. This is a 52-week average. Kyrgios, uh, he's at the top. 59%. Some interesting ones in here. Karenia Busta, 50, almost 58%. Djokovic is number three, you know, 57%. Alcaraz, number four, and Baptista Gut. So you got two clay quarters in there, which, which I think is interesting, which maybe makes sense because it's kind of harder to step up on clay because the ball's jumping a little more. And then Kyrgios, to me, his second serve average is probably pretty big. He's almost hitting two first serves. That's a really interesting list because you have an, an absolute elite server in Kyrgios and that's, you know, why he's there because he, he often hits, you know, two first serves and he has a huge second serve. So one of the purest motions um, probably ever. So you got a huge server. But then when you look at the other guys, Karino Busta, Djokovic, Alcaraz, Bautista are good. They're yeah. not necessarily huge servers, but they're great movers and great defenders. And so that's what you're talking about, where, you know, you don't always have to have the best or biggest second serve to be able to win a high percentage. That can be what you do after the second serve. It can be how you defend your second serve. And, yeah. and certainly, you know, the example of those four guys is is fantastic. And and, and just on Djokovic, I mean, he's, he's almost um, revolutionises too strong a word, but he's hitting a lot of fast sliders to people's forehands, which wasn't done for a long time. It was always kick to the backhand so he's yeah. doing something a little bit differently and his second serve has improved throughout his career immeasurably i would say so uh really interesting list and now onto the women who we got yeah it's it's almost the same where you see a, a couple of girls that maybe aren't the biggest um so number one is is ega at uh, 57 that's pretty good i i'll get into a little bit about her maybe in shortly here uh kochi Aretto, she's about uh, she's not, not that tall. Uh, she's about as tall as Layla Fernandez. So Coach Arredo is two at, um, you know, 55%. Fernandez, uh, almost 53%. Mukova, 52, who's doing well at the French this, this year. And uh, Pagula was number five. So once again, like Coach Arredo and Fernandez, they, they, well, Fernandez is the lefty. Sometimes she, she hits that slider, so it's hard to attack. Cochia Reddo, she has a kick, but she backs it up well. So, like you said, it, it is about, you know, defending it. I, I guess we can get into it now. I, I know there's two girls that don't really move their seconds that much. And when you say move their seconds, you mean they're predictable in their target. So where yeah, is their predictable yeah, target? Yeah, that, that's a good point. And, and, and one is Ega. So going in... Like that was the strategy is like, okay, you know, it's coming to the backhand, so the backhand or body. So that there's a chance to really put her under pressure. And the first time Claire played her Indian Wells, she, she didn't do it. She didn't move up well enough. And it's kind of dangerous to do that on clay because you got to move up pretty far. And if you don't hit a good ball, you're going to be running at an angle back. And so that was the play is to try to put her under some pressure. And then the, the other one is is Ons. She doesn't move her second that well. So what was interesting was Iga did start moving her second around. With, she recognized what Claire was trying to do. So she did start moving it. And I told Claire, she, she'll play, figure it out. So be ready. She Even though she doesn't really serve to your forehand, she will go there. And she did, she did change it up. Ons is the same. She she just likes to kick it in and then try try to defend. I don't know. I I I remember I did a report one time 
or Taylor Fritz, he was playing Dominic team and they both didn't move their second at all. I, I haven't really watched them that much. I'm sure they, they, they can, or maybe they, they are now, but and that's a big advantage if you know, like, okay, it's coming to my backhand every time. I think, I think like, okay, if you know where it's going, then that, that can really help you out. Yeah, no so. question. And that's something important. I mean, when I look at, when I look to scout somebody, I'm looking, okay, is the second serve predictable or do they move it around? And absolutely, if it's predictable, you can much better plan as to what you want to do with that return. Perhaps you find their weaker side. I use basketball as, as an analogy because, the analysts figure out in basketball, if I can shoot 40% three-pointers for the game, my chances of winning go dramatically up. And so over the last few years, three-pointers in basketball went up from 22 to 39%. In the last 10 years, it really increased. So everyone's trying to shoot more threes that I realize that can really help. So I, I feel like, is that the next step in tennis? Is, is that going to, are people going to be going two first serves and two people stand out with the first person that's, that I think is the greatest, you know, second serve of all time is Sampras. You like Edberg. Two Americans stand out as they they hit two first serves, and one is Alicia Parks. She's about forty six in the world. And Max Cressy, I think he's in the thirties right now. They they both hit two first serves, and I wanted to see does that play out? That does that help them? So if we look at, at Max Cressy's second serve points one out of the top fifty, he's number thirty on that list. He's number one for double fault of the top 50 at 10 per match and he's number two for aces at 15 a match so he's averaging five more aces and double faults if we look at alicia parks and it's same thing it's two first serves out of the top 50 she's number 35 for second serve points one she averages um 7.75 double faults per match and she averages 7.8 aces per match so they kind it kind of evens out so i'm not sure She's quite there yet to be able to serve two first serves. Because if she's having a bad serving day, she's probably, you know, she's risking the, the double fault. So I, I thought that was interesting. And I always think, like, is that where this game is going, that we're going to serve two first? I haven't been able to pull the trigger yet. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I've heard talk around that. Uh, and I absolutely believe that that is going to happen more and more. Uh, I think the first person I saw do it was back sort of when I was playing a guy named Joachim Johansson, a Swedish guy, huge server. And he figured out, you know, if I just roll the second in and we start a rally, I'm going to lose that rally more often than not. So he started going for it and he hit, you know, two huge serves. And I actually watched him beat Rafael Nadal indoors at the Stockholm Open. And Nadal didn't have a chance because obviously, you know, Joachim was on point that day and didn't serve many double faults. And it was a fast indoor court, which obviously helped him. But I think that this is going to be adopted more and more. Um, I don't. And I think that, you know, if you look at Alicia Parks, who's averaging basically the same amount of aces and double folds, she just needs to keep working on the skill of her serve. She's a tall girl. She's got long levers. She's very athletic. She produces good power. Um, so I think if she continues to practice and she can get that aces, you know, perhaps up to 10 per match and then in the double faults, perhaps down to five or six, then she's going to be looking a lot better than where she is. But as it stands right now, I don't think being – you know, Max Cressy, number 30 in second serve points one, and, and Alicia, number 35, I don't think that's stacking up yet. So perhaps they've got to work on their craft a little bit more. Um, and I do agree with what you said about Pete Sampras. I mean, he, without doubt, um, probably had the best serve of all time, and his second serve was almost as fast as his first serve, and he could put it close to the line as well. So he's probably the guy that did it 
20, you know, 20 years ago and 30 years ago, um, and no one no one has been able to replicate that. So, yep. yeah, cool thing. And then I think your next point, which will be our last point, is, you know, yep. are double faults a bad thing? Um, and I think yep. one of the... One of the things I tell the players I'm working with uh, and the younger ones, um, they all get anxious and, you know, worried that they're going to hit double faults and, and mess up. And I always say, hey, even the pros hit some double faults. So that's a, something to ease their anxiety that nobody's perfect. This game is not a game of perfection. Um, but at the same time, we, you know, there is a balance and we can't be given away, um, a, you know, too many points per match that is for free. Um, so it's a skill that needs to be worked on, and I think double faults need to be minimised, but I think they absolutely, it needs to be emphasised that um, they're not always a bad thing, and to have, you know, three or four double faults in a match, I don't think is necessarily the end of the world. Um, but if you're getting up, you know, if, if you're doing three or four a set and you're getting up to, you know, seven, eight, ten in a match, 12 in a match, now you're, you're hurting yourself a bit too often. I totally agree. I mean, the, the two times I wouldn't like to see a double fall are the beginning of the game and the end of the game. That's just my own preference. I always feel like the beginning of the game, you, uh, gosh, I, I don't. I haven't seen Claire win too many games when she double faults first. But, yeah, double faults aren't a bad thing. I could tap in 10 second serves, and I'd probably win one. So you have to see it as you're trying to walk that tightrope of hitting a quality second serve which means you are probably going to double a little bit. Just it, once it starts getting too much, then you get in trouble. That's pretty much all we got today. Yeah, awesome, Chris. And I love the uh, the myth buster you came out with today. You can go on that TV show. Um, so you know, we're kind of we're kind of saying. I hope what people remember is the second serve is absolutely important, and you want to build your skill in it. And perhaps we think the future of second serves is going to be bigger and bigger. But the statistics and the numbers say that first serve points, because they happen a lot more often uh, and because they usually uh, contribute to gaining an advantage of the point, are more important um, than second serves. But please <laughs> do not neglect the second serve, but realise that first serves perhaps are the pinnacle. Chris, I appreciate your thoughts and your insights. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it. All right. That's another episode of Crunching the Numbers. Take care. The first serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.